What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. Today on the show, the first of a two-part series, looking at the most challenging non-quarterback matchups for the Dolphins for every game on the 2022 schedule. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins today, Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, two part series to get us into Friday for Power to the Pot. Our mailbag episode will come on Friday this week. And we're going to be looking at every game on the schedule and omitting the quarterbacks, right? Because there, there's so many talking points that just gravitate towards that dynamic of the game of football. And you understand why it's the most important position on the field. But if you remove that from the equation, from a talent and personnel perspective, who are the, the most stressful matchups the Dolphins have to focus on each week? We're going to talk about it. We're going to explore that today and tomorrow on the show. We're going to dedicate each half of the season to one day. Uh, but do want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. And we do have to acknowledge uh, the news that the Dolphins will be commemorating, as we figured would be the case, the 1972 undefeated Super Bowl championship team, uh, the only undefeated Super Bowl champions in the history of the NFL, for the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday night football game later this fall. Be there would be my suggestion, invitation, recommendation, uh, assertion to you. Obviously, uh, some pretty notable names that were parts of that championship team have passed in recent years, but you have to imagine that the, a nucleus of that team will be in attendance, and, and what a phenomenal opportunity that will be to really enjoy some of the history of the Miami Dolphins uh, firsthand, I, I think is, is just a wonderful opportunity for you as a Dolphins fan to be a part of. I will be there. Uh, so week seven, Sunday night football, Dolphins Steelers. You know they're throw, wearing the throwbacks. Aesthetically pleasing game. Let's make it happen. Hope to see you there. So the kind of core of today's and tomorrow's show, looking at the schedule, we're going to take the first and the second half of the season and omitting the quarterbacks who are the most stressful individual matchups uh, that we're going to have to acknowledge on a weekly basis. So we're going to dive right in. Uh, we're going to look at the, the first half of the schedule today, looking at uh, New England at Miami for week one. And for some of these matchups, such as this game, I don't think quarterback would be in the discussion. Now, you have Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen the next three weeks. Yeah, they'd, they'd be in the discussion for like, man, you got to really figure out a plan to, to account for them. But that's kind of the fun part of this exercise. So New England at Miami, I think there, there's a couple of matchups that you do need to be mindful of. I think the most pressing one is Christian Barmore, uh, the interior defensive lineman. Uh, for the Patriots matching up against some guys on your offensive interior who are going to be playing in different spots. 
right? You think about Connor Williams potentially manning the center position and Lee Mikever potentially manning the guard position, the left guard position. New guys in new spots uh, versus a guy who is as dynamic as Christian Barmore is, is um, a little unsettling. Uh, it, it's certainly something uh, that, that you keep an eye on and, and you make note of, and you're going to have to make sure you have a plan for that, whether that's uh, pullers and traps or you run away from him uh, with with your stretch plays and try and gas him out by running him horizontally. There's several different ways that you can do it. But if I look at the New England Patriots roster, I really feel good about the the weapons that the Patriots have matching up against the defensive backs of the Dolphins. Uh, you'd like to think the individual matchups on the line with Wilkins and Sealer and Davis and Agba, like you're going to be able to hold your own in the trenches as well. Uh, so it's when Miami has the football, making sure they are accounting for in the right kinds of ways, uh, Christian Barmore. Week two, Miami goes to Baltimore to play the Ravens. I flew into Baltimore uh, last night on my way home from the Senior Bowl uh, Charity Golf Classic and uh, drove by M&T Bank Stadium, kind of made the mental note, tried to pick where my seats would be when I was driving on 95. Uh, there's certainly some matchups to be mindful of here. Tight end Mark Andrews is one, uh, a problematic player to account for. Uh, I think Calais Campbell on the defensive line is another problematic player you're going to have to be really mindful of because he's a really good football player. Uh, they added Marcus Williams at safety. This Baltimore team has a lot of talent. I expect they will be uh, much more like the standard that you expect the Baltimore Ravens to be as compared to what they were down the stretch last year. Now, give Miami credit. They still caught um, the Ravens fairly early in that process. Obviously, they, they had tapped out Marcus Peters, and they had tapped out uh, Ronnie Stanley, and they had tapped out like their first four running backs way before they ever got to play the Dolphins. But uh, the team that was Crossing the finish line in Baltimore was much worse off than the team that the Dolphins played. So that gives you enthusiasm for the matchup. But um, I think Mark Andrews is really kind of the straw that stirs the drink. And, and they're going to be a very tight end heavy 12 and, and 22 personnel offense in general. And uh, you got that reinforcement uh, when I had a chance to speak with former Ravens GM Ozzie Newsom uh, on Monday. And uh, he talked a little bit about kind of the trends of the league. We asked him, you know, so much of the league is in 11 personnel and going that direction. And he's like, yeah, I mean, coaches responsibly get your, your best players on the field. We, we look at the roster that we have and you got a really good fullback in Patrick Ricard and, and Mark Andrews and the, the tight ends that you have. It's it makes sense. And it's a bonus that it's just a different look than what the rest of the league is kind of trending towards. So. I would say Mark Andrews is probably the one that if, if you have an answer for him, you're really going to force the Ravens to play a kind of game that they don't want to play. Now, you also have to tackle in the running game and have to tackle efficiency efficiently, which is not always an easy task early in the season. Uh, so here's hoping that the Dolphins are, are mentally prepared for that. But if I had to isolate a single matchup, Mark Andrews. Now, week three. The Buffalo Bills uh, visiting the Miami Dolphins. Stephon Diggs has, has given the Dolphins some problems, but I do think we have to acknowledge the presence of Von Miller as a new body 
on this defensive front for the Bills. And he has historically been a left defensive end. And a left defensive end rushes off the right side of the offensive line, a.k.a. Uh, Tua's blind side, a.k.a. presumably Austin Jackson territory. And that's a big problem. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if A.J. Epinesa is going to eat Austin Jackson's lunch every day when they play each other, going all the way back to when Iowa played USC in the bowl game. A healthy Von Miller um, is is a pretty scary thought. So that would be the, the matchup I would probably put at the top of the list based more so on the talent that Miami has to accommodate that or does not have to accommodate that. And that'll be a pretty common trend, honestly. We're, I mean, we're going to get through some of these, these defenses in general in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, in Minnesota, in Cleveland, the list will go on, and, and there will be more defensive ends, um, potentially in Green Bay. There, there's a lot of matchups that you look at pass, primary pass rushers and how they can really be problematic based on that individual matchup. But let's not do the show before the show. Right. But before we go any further, I do have to tell you about my friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years. So, whether you're shopping for new control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or your daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy to navigate catalog. And in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do it yourselfers. So, why would you shop anywhere else? and spend it to twice as much for the same parts. So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs today and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We will go through week nine today, which means we're a third of the way there. And now we have a short week on the road playing the Cincinnati Bengals. And here's what you know about playing the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Dolphins are one of the teams that are as equipped as you possibly can be to match talent in their secondary, right? If you put Byron Jones on T. Higgins and you put Xavier Howard on Jamar Chase and you put either Javon Holland or Nick Needham against Tyler Boyd in the slot, depending on what your covered shell is, you're going to have the opportunity to match up as good as anybody could hope for. But you do go into this game with the understanding that they are going to get theirs. That's kind of just the way it goes. So I think if you're expecting that you're going to put the clamps on Cincinnati and hold them to 125 passing yards with these weapons that they have outside, it's not going to happen, right? Like they're probably going to pass for 300 regardless. And it's just eliminating the explosive plays, eliminating the, big run after catch opportunities that Jamar Chase created so many of last year by breaking tackles at the catch point, uh, which was how he did it because he was not a primary separator, right? And there's always going to be that debate between Chase and Waddle and what the Dolphins did in 2021. Don't, please don't. Don't go there. Tyreek Hill better. I digress. Um, but I do think a matchup that, that can influence this game uh, 
and would be the one that I would be the most worried about is who can consistently match with Joe Mixon out of the backfield. You know, they 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 did lose uh, Uzoma at the tight end position, uh, who was I thought a pretty underrated player. Uh, so now it's it's Joe Mixon, right? You go into the the game with Cincinnati knowing the receivers are going to get theirs, but can you eliminate Joe Mixon? And if you can't, man, it's going to be a really long day. So the linebackers against Joe Mixon would be the line the matchup that I would point to in a non quarterback lens right now to say this is essential. And if you can't do this, you, you're probably going to lose football um, because Joe Mixon can be involved in the passing game. He's obviously a very good rusher as well. So you're going to have to control the line of scrimmage and you're going to have to have really strong effort from your safeties and backers in coverage when you get matched up on him. The Jets in New York week five. And this matchup for me, um, if Carl Lawson's healthy is probably Carl Lawson. Uh, Lawson missed all of last year uh, with an injury. Injuries has kind of been the book on him, but when he's on the field, he's extremely potent as a pass rusher. And he's, he's one of those squatty build types, really converts speed to power very well, uh, but he's very violent with his hands as well. He's a, a very good football player. And him coming back for the Jets will bring a much-needed added boost to the pass rush. And obviously, they, they brought in Jermaine Johnson in the draft. and. Uh, Ahmad Garner to help, kind of help in the secondary. But yeah, I, I look at Carl Lawson potentially as a pass rusher. If now, And if they're going to be content to play him against Teron Armstead, then I'm going to have to find a new matchup, right? And it, it might be uh, Elijah Moore if Elijah Moore is primarily playing in the slot because you're going to have Corey Davis outside. You could put Garrett Wilson outside and put Elijah Moore in the slot because if you are, then Elijah Moore versus Needham, Brandon Jones, potentially, if a linebacker tries to carry him in zone coverage, like, I don't like those matchups at all. But um, if Carl Lawson's rushing against Austin Jackson, who's penciled in as the, the right tackle as things currently stand, yeah, I'm a little anxious. I'm a little nervous. I don't feel really good about it. Uh, now, there's ways that you can help with that by including the backs in pass pro or putting a tight end hand in the dirt there or running the ball directly at that guy and keeping him off balance. Those are the ways that, that you scheme up a, a game plan to kind of slow a player like that down. And they, they can do that. But if you were telling me we have to drop back and throw the ball 30 times, which the Dolphins had to do so many times last year, yeah, I, I don't really have a great appetite for watching Austin try to, to block Carl Lawson one-on-one. Uh, so that would be a matchup that I would be mindful of. Uh, week six, Miami hosting the Minnesota Vikings. And there's a part of me that wants to wants to take the same approach as the Bengals game to say, hey, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, they're going to eat. But can you stop Dalvin Cook? But then there's also a part of me uh, who wants to acknowledge what a healthy Daniel Hunter would be able to do for the Vikings defensive front. Uh, I think Eric Kendricks is still a very good football player at inside linebacker for them. But then you also just have the fact that Justin Jefferson might be a top three wide receiver in football. He's phenomenal. He's so good. He's so good. And he is going to get the bat. He's probably going to get a market reset contract next year, next offseason because he will be eligible for contract extension. And if the Vikings don't do it now, they're going to be dumb. Because if they wait until 
the end of the rookie contract to pay him, they're probably going to have to pay him another five to eight million dollars per season. Like, pay it now. And anytime you play a, a player of that caliber, I'm inclined to just say, hey, you know, the scary matchup is a, a player of that elite caliber. And if you shut him down, it's going to change the way they have to play. And you're going to have to beat us with your secondary options. And Dalvin Cook's a very good running back. Like, make no mistake about that. Uh, but I'd probably defer to the elite player in Justin Jefferson and just kind of say, hey, this could get real dicey for you real quick here. Uh, if you put Byron on him and they start throwing targeted throws back shoulder that Byron can't identify, and then he potentially takes a bad angle at the catch point. Now you're really getting into explosive play. Like that's probably a put X on him, mirror him all day. You're probably going to have to shade a little extra help over top. And that can allow Xavier based on game situations. If he wants to be a little bit more selective to try and make a big play for himself, he's got the freedom to do it because he knows he's got help vertically and it's not going to get busted. Um, but there's a lot of hard questions. A player like Justin Jefferson forces you to ask yourself. So he would, he would be the player uh, that I acknowledge in this front. Uh, I'd also like to acknowledge our friends over at Bet Online, our number one source for all of your sports betting needs and information. Find all the latest developments, league reviews, and news, Major League Baseball lines, uh, the NFL futures, the fights with MMA, boxing, golf, all your favorite sports events. They have it all there. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and learn more with the trends and action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Three games left. Pittsburgh Steelers, Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears in the first half of the Dolphins season, identifying the non-quarterback essential matchups uh, that, that are the most worrisome uh, as we sit here and we look at these teams as they all exist in the here and now. Pittsburgh, uh, you've got two options. And I think you only have two options. Uh, you have. Cam, um, Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. Because they will wreck your game up front. And Cam, inside, now, now it is midseason by this point, so hopefully everybody's kind of settled into their spots. Um, but I, I, not too long ago, in evaluating... Um, Melvin Ingram went back and watched the week one performance last year of the Steelers versus the Bills, which the Steelers won that game. Part thanks to a block punt, but relentless pressure on Josh Allen. Now, Melvin Ingram was a big piece of that puzzle, which is a good feeling for Dolphins fans. But Hayward, oh my goodness, just an unstoppable force of nature inside. And then TJ Watt screaming off the edge. So pick your poison. Is it Hayward against Hunt and Eichenberg or Dieter or whoever is playing left guard? Or is it TJ Watt against your tight ends and Austin Jackson? Problematic matchup either way, if we're being completely honest. Now, Miami has plenty of favorable matchups as well, but that's kind of not the spirit of this show and exercise it's it's to acknowledge the troublesome matchups that we have in each game which brings us to detroit uh detroit miami has to travel to the lions in week eight uh, to play back-to-back -back road games against the nfc north 
And when I look at Detroit, I really like the direction of the, of the organization. I think they're doing a really nice job rebuilding this thing from the ground up. Um, and they're entering into year, year two of the Dan Campbell era as the head coach of the football team. And that kind of paints a very clear picture for who Detroit is. At this point, you're probably going to expect to see Jamison Williams back, but I feel like it would be disrespectful to some of the tenured players on the team in Detroit to point to a rookie who has not played a snap yet and has one year of high, 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 high level college football production and say, yeah, that's your X factor that you, you got to account for. Detroit has a really good offensive line. Uh, I will give them that. Uh, they have a lot of money invested in that group. Uh, Ragnall, Decker, Sewell, just as your pillars at each tackle and center spot. So, um, but I, I don't look at the skill group in its entirety. TJ Hawkinson is a potentially problematic player. But I also look at the defensive side of the ball. They get a lot of youth. They get a lot of growing players. This is kind of a hard one for me to identify a singular matchup that I am concerned with. Dondre Swift's a good football player, uh, but not a unstoppable force in Detroit as a rushing offense last year was bottom half of the league. With it, that good offensive line that they had. I think you can really get after Jared Goff, and they, they don't have a lot of other options in the passing game or at, at the quarterback position. And their weapons are Amon Ra, St. Brown, and DJ Chark. I'll say this. I'll say this. If Raekwon Davis can handle the one-on-one matchups with Frank Ragnow and force you to go mano-a-mano across the entire front and hold that ground. And then Detroit's like, okay, we have to commit an extra body to getting interior push. I think that sets you up for a lot of success. And that, that's obviously the case in every game that you play. But with a center like Frank Ragnow, who is a power center, a lot of the matchups on a weekly basis you can afford to leave your center one-on-one and get your added double team or climb up to the second level quicker because the center is capable of manufacturing the movement vertically on his own. That's on you, Raekwon. And if that business gets taken care of, then I think that that allows the Dolphins backers to really crash and flood and, and force Detroit to become one-dimensional. And then I think the matchup really trends in Miami's favor. And then our last game, week nine of the first half of this two-part series, looking at the most troublesome non-quarterback matchups the Dolphins have to face each week, you have the Chicago Bears. And I want to acknowledge the, the existence of Darnell Mooney. He's a very good wide receiver, went over 1,000 yards last year. Uh, but Chicago, from an offensive line perspective, from the rest of their passing game weaponry perspective, they're just not where they need to be. They didn't have a lot of resources this year because they spent them to go up and get Justin Fields, and now they're entering into an offseason, and they, they took their top two picks in the draft this year and spent them on the defensive side of the ball. So now you got young players in the secondary in several key spots. They traded away Khalil Mack. So you got Roquan Smith, and you've got Darnell Mooney. you got a second-year quarterback in Justin Fields who's playing in a new system, and then you also have... Uh, David Montgomery to running back. And I think I, I think I'll acknowledge Montgomery here 
as the player with the matchup that you need to be the most mindful of because he's a bowling ball and he can create a lot of yards after contact. And if you let them get momentum on that front with them uh, in a tightly contested game and, and Montgomery kind of becomes a workhorse and starts creating uh, energizing plays, I think it can become a game longer and then that's how you get in trouble late in the game that, that you have a talent advantage in and you potentially don't win. So I'll say David Montgomery there. Um, but the next step in this exercise would, would obviously be to rank the uh, severity of the matchups. We're not going to do that today and we're not going to do that tomorrow, but that will be a piece of content that we do is we, we kind of rank the urgency of the non-quarterback matchups. Uh, but I could tell you the Chicago one is going to be very low on the list as far as urgencies of stopping, because I think Miami has so many significant talent advantages under the spots, but that's part one of two for this series. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Kyle Krabs locked on dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on locked on dolphins. Fins up your team every day locked on that where we don't just say it, we live it, make it a great Wednesday. And I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.